Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Mark Schulman. Mark is the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. He's off-site today. I actually recorded his interview earlier today, so uh, quite interesting. I'm looking forward to that. Also, Larry Reed, he is the president emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. And we'll also visit with Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and author of several murder mysteries. His latest is, quote-unquote, no problem. It gets August the 14th, and on this day in 1935, President Franklin D. Roosevelt signed into law the Social Security Act. Press photographers snapped pictures as FDR, flanked by ranking members of Congress, signed into law the Historic Act, which guaranteed an income for unemployed and retirees. FDR commended Congress for what he considered to be a patriotic act. Roosevelt had taken the helm of the country in 1932 in the midst of the Great Depression, the nation's worst economic crisis. The Social Security Act was in keeping with his other New Deal programs, including the establishment of the Works Progress Administration and the Civilian Conservation Corps, which attempted to hoist America out of the Great Depression by putting Americans back to work, unfortunately doing it with the public dole. But that's just another story. In his public statement that day, FDR expressed concern for young people who had come to wonder whether there would be a lot when they would come to old age as well as those who had employed employment but no job security. Although he acknowledged that we can never ensure 100% of the population against 100% of the hazards and vicissitudes of life, he hoped the act would uh, prevent senior citizens from ending up impoverished. Although it was initially created to combat unemployment, Social Security now functions primarily as a powerful safety net for retirees and the disabled and provides death benefits to taxpayer dependents. The Social Security system has remained popular and relatively unchanged since 1935. Of course, they added in an inflation uh, factor with regard to the income paid out to retirees. And Social Security systems within a few years of uh, going broke and I hope we'll take some action on that. Uh, but uh, it's it's a hazard, along with Medicare and other social programs right now, just plummeting us into further debt. Needs to be addressed. Well, the death toll Saturday from the wildfires last week that swept through the historic Maui town of Lahaina reached 93. I think that number now is up to 96, but not an update, with authorities warning that the effort to find and identify the dead was still in the early stages. The wildfire early last uh, last in the uh, uh, and the deadliest is now the United States in more than a century. Maui Police Chief John Pelletier said crews with cadaver dogs have been covered just three percent of the search area. So, in other words, the more worst is yet to come in terms of the news. The worst of the wildfire in the West Maui, uh, Maui hit Lahaina on Tuesday, destroying nearly every building in town. Studying video shows a historic Catholic church in Lahaina miraculously still standing and unscathed after devastating wildfires ripped through Maui, while the rest of the historic town was turned into an apocalyptic nightmare. 
Uh, locals uh, told the uh, New York Times that community-run volunteer groups have been far more helpful in providing resources for the evacuees than the taxpayer-funded government, which they claim has been uncommunicative and uh, blocked roads leading to Lahaina, stymieing aid for the bustling city that burned down into the fire. Maria Lahaina, uh, uh, Lanakaya, Kyla uh, Catholic Church which opened in 1846, was captured in a video standing tall and untouched by the fire. When they came, uh, camera pans around the rest of the town, the largest tourist destination on Maui looked like a smoldering hellscape of rubble. Viewers hailed the jaw-dropping miracle as an act of God. So the question comes up, how did the fire start? Officials say they don't know yet, but lawyers are investigating Hawaii electric power lines as a potential source of ignition. Uh, on Saturday, three law firms filed a class action lawsuit against the utility, claiming the de-energizing its power lines ahead of the windy weather could have prevented the destruction. So we'll see. It looks like it's going to be not only a, a huge mess, $5.5 billion of damage, as I understand it, from the fires estimated up to this point. And while I've found about 96 people who have died, and again, just covering 3% of the area, apparently there's still, uh, well, they're expecting 500 to 1,000 that have died already. Well, before last week's deadly and devastating fires in western Maui, authorities sent out text alerts and warned of the fast-spreading blazes via t television and radio. However, the state's integrated outdoor siren system, the largest in the world, by the way, with about 400 alarms, was not activated during the fires, according to the Hawaii Management, Emergency Management Agency. There are 80 alarms in Maui, and none of them went off. So... In many cases, people knew there was a fire when they saw the flames and didn't have any warning whatsoever. What a shame. What a catastrophe. Well, on a different topic, leading House Republicans investigating President Joe Biden and his family greeted Attorney General Merrick Garland's appointing U.S. Attorney David Weiss as special counsel in the Hunter Biden matter with skepticism, to say the least. Garland said on Friday that he had appointed Weiss was uh, overseeing the investigation out of the Delaware since 2019 as special counsel after the U.S. attorney requested such authority this week. The attorney general defended the move as in the public interest given the extraordinary circumstances relating to this matter, he said. Well, House Judiciary Chairman uh, Jim Jordan questioned the rationale for the appointment in a post on X, that would be X-Twitter, uh, first, David Weiss said he didn't have the power he needed and wanted special counsel status. Then he said he had all the power he needs, Jordan wrote on Friday. Now he gets special counsel status because he didn't really have the power he needs? Something's not right. Well, the other thing is, of course, is that <clears throat> a good way to stymie this entire investigation is to point the special counsel and have him do exactly what the special counsel is doing with regard to Joe Biden's uh, uh, papers that he had stored from the federal government which is nothing. So this is, again, I think, just another effort of political espionage on the part of the Department of uh, Justice and trying to support Joe Biden at the expense of the American people. Andrew McCarthy, a former chief assistant at uh, U.S. attorney, claimed that the appointment of David Weiss as special counsel in the Hunter Biden case was, to say the least, subterfuge by the Department of Justice. 
McCarthy called the latest legal move a sham, and that President Joe Biden's uh, Justice Department was trying to run out the clock on the investigation by naming a Department of Justice inside as special counsel, as an insider. McCarthy, this is a sham. There is no special counsel investigation. There will be no Biden investigation. This is the Biden Justice Department's vehicle for maintaining control of an investigation that they are not pursuing. Couldn't agree more. I think McCarthy's got it right. Well, former President Donald Trump reacted to the surprise uh, Friday news that Attorney General Merrick Garland had been appointed. Uh, Attorney, Dale, uh, Attorney David Weiss has a special counsel and investigation to Hunter Biden by slamming President Joe Biden and the Department of Justice. He says, crooked Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and the entire Biden crime family has been protected by the Justice Department for decades, even though it was overwhelming evidence and credible testimony detailing their wrongdoing of lying to the American people and selling out the country to foreign enemies for the Biden cartel's own financial gain. That, according to a Trump spokesperson, said in a campaign statement. So, as a consequence, Republican Florida, uh, Florida Representative Greg Stubbe filed articles of impeachment against President Joe Biden on Friday. The resolution lists bribery, extortion, obstruction of justice, fraud, and financial involvement in drugs and prostitution as reasons for to impeach Joe Biden. It's long past time to impeach Joe Biden, Stubbe said in a statement from the introducing the resolution. He has undermined the integrity of the office, brought disrepute on the presidency, betrayed his trust as president, and acted as a manner, in a manner subversive of the rule of law and justice at the expense of American citizens. The evidence continues to mount by the day. The Biden crime family has personally profited over Joe Biden's positions through bribery, threats, and fraud. Joe Biden must not be allowed to continue to sit in the White House selling our country. That according to Stubbe's filing. Uh, and then it goes on. There's articles, states of Robert Hunter Biden and James Biden sold access to the Vice President Joseph Robinette Biden. And while he was in office from 2009 to 17. Uh, another charge is that uh, Article 2 states, according to testimony from IRS whistleblowers, members of the Biden family improperly colluded with the Justice Department officials to improperly interfere with the investigation of the uh, tax crimes alleged to have been committed by Hunter Biden. Uh, these acts constitute an abuse of power as well as an obstruction of justice, said Stubbe. So uh, those uh, that was filed on Friday. Let's see what happens today. I'm not sure it was done with the full support of the Republican Party. Not even sure that McCarthy's aware that it was that he was planning to do that. Uh, we'll see what comes of this. Should be interesting. The, I think the impeach, impeachment inquiry is more important, quite frankly, because I don't think there's any way impeachment gets through the Senate. But the inquiry allowed further and greater and more intense investigation on the part of the House of Representatives and the subcommittees. Well, this week's White House report card finds President Joe Biden hiding from the brightening spot on his first son and Hunter Biden's alleged financial scheming, inflation's refusal to let go of the economy, and the Ukraine money pit, while the president tried early in the week to keep the media's focus on the positives of quote-unquote Bidenomics. Bidenomics is simply how does the president profit by stealing money and uh, bribing and the rest of us uh, end up going broke. That's kind of what 
Bidenomics looks like to to me, but his expansion of the national park around uh, Grand Canyon, the criticism of his son, and problems with the economy economy were bottomless. Pollster John Zogby noted that the economic ills is grading a C, and conservative analyst Jed Babin cited examples of potential Biden family corruption and grading it a D minus. So uh, the polling not showing very positive for Bidenomics. Well, two new polls released last week. Uh, 2024 GOP primary voters still have former President John, uh, Donald Trump in first place, but one had first-time candidate Vivek Ramaswamy in second place, and the other had him in third. The Real Clear Politics dot uh, com average of polls has him th- overall in third place. At least one election handicapper said the recent rise in polls is because they are being conducted online, ones that often include financial incentives. Well, we'll see about that. No way to discount the fact, though, that Trump is getting a lot of media attention, and he certainly deserves it to. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Mark Schulman, founder and publisher of historycentral.com. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. 
or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And I hope you'll visit the website, Gulf Shore Playhouse. Org. Coming up, I'm going to visit with Larry Reed. He is the ch- uh, Chairman Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. Right now we have with us Mark Schulman. Mark is the founder and publisher of a terrific multimedia website. It's called HistoryCentral.com. I hope you check it out, HistoryCentral.com. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, Bob. Thank you, Mark. I understand you're at a special location today. Yes, I am. I'm in the port of Jaffa, I'm in, which is part of Tel Aviv. But it's the old city of uh, which tell you originated from. It's called Jaffa. It was the port for which uh, pilgrims used to come to Jerusalem. They would come by boat to Jaffa for many, many years, and then they would go from Jaffa up to Jerusalem. Uh, there was actually a train built in the end, the end of the Ottoman rule. They built a train that went from Jaffa to Jerusalem. Huh. So this is the port of Jaffa. And today is really a, you know, it's not a port for a commercial port, but there. Are, you know, excursions take place and a few fishing boats and other things like that from, well, from this old port. Well, Mark, thank you so much for that. Now, Jerusalem uh, uh, and uh, Israel has been in the news lately. Any update on terms of the, the uh, protests and so forth? Well, the protests continue. I mean, this Saturday night, there were probably about 130,000 people in the streets of Tel Aviv. Keep in mind, this was the 33rd week in a row. I mean, just think about that, that every single week, these huge numbers of people uh, come out. Um, They're not going to allow the government to do what it wants to do without a fight. It's not at all clear where that's going at this point. Part of the problem that the government is now running into is because so many reserve pilots and others have said they will not continue to volunteer to serve, um, there is a sense that the Israel Defense Forces may not be ready for war um, if this continues much longer. And so uh, Netanyahu is trying to ignore it, but he can't really ignore it at this point. So it's, it's not at all clear where this is going. Um, it really isn't. Yeah. And your guess is as good as mine. And part of it will be tied when we talk about Saudi Arabia in a minute. Yeah, so it's just so, so typical what's happening around the world and around the globe today. So uh, let's move to Ukraine and an update on what's happening there. Okay, so there are a couple of parts to the Ukraine story as of right now. There seems to have been, and again, it's the fog of war, so we really don't know, some significant breakthrough yesterday by the Ukrainians in Russian lines. How significant it is, it's still not at all clear. Um, you know, the, both sides are going to try to keep it quiet as long as possible. The Russians don't want to be embarrassed, and the Ukrainians want to advance as far as they can without the Russians realizing where they are. So it's, it's not clear. Um, you know, I've been disappointed in the sense that I thought the Ukrainians would do better by this point. On the other hand, I look at history and I look at World War One, which is the most similar to, and what happened to the Russian army. They fought, they fought, they fought, and then they fell, fell apart and folded away, and the soldiers ran back to, to Russia. I still believe that's most likely what's going to happen in this case, Yeah, that at some point the Russian army is going to collapse. But we'll see. You just don't know. Well, the report is that the uh, the uh, Russian army is being decimated uh, slowly but surely. I mean, this whole process is, is taking a long, long time. But they are making inroads into taking back some of the territory that Russia claimed. No, absolutely. And the Russian army is, totally, is being totally decimated over a period of time. 
Um, I mean, it's the best investment we've ever made. It's too bad for the Ukrainians that are dying doing it. But as opposed to other interventions in the world, or the question whether it was Vietnam, the left extent Korea, but other places uh, in, the, in the Gulf War, you know, we always said, you know, why are we fighting and where aren't the people who really matter fighting? Well, in this case, the people who really matter are doing fighting. We're just providing them with money and arms. So um, it's a pretty good deal from our standpoint, to, uh, to say the least. Yeah, I wish we had the um, money to do it. <laughs> so. Well, that's another story. You know, the money to do it is all, is all a relative thing, so to speak. Uh, we could just raise taxes. That would solve the problem. But no one wants to raise taxes. So you know. Well, you know, I just look. Money at- doesn't come. Money doesn't come from from nowhere. And I just remind your listeners <clears throat> that when John F. Kennedy became president, the um, highest tax rate in the United States was ninety percent. Right, so and he lowered he here. lowered the taxes, and I mean the Laffer curve still reigns. We've seen. Uh, a decrease in the tax rates in the United States under Trump, and we've actually seen an increase, a substantial increase in revenue. I'm not sure about that, but we'll leave that part aside. The fact of the matter is, uh, you know, uh, we have a low tax rate, which is fine, but we can't complain about the fact there isn't money if we don't if we don't tax more. So, you know, sometimes you have a one-time tax, a war tax. Don't forget what happened in World War II. Yeah. It wasn't a tax forever. There was a war tax. Um, that could also be done if we think it's important enough. The problem well, is those taxes just... question of priorities. Yeah, taxes just never go away, though. <laughs> they be implemented, but for some reason they just stick around. Let's move to Saudi Arabia. You brought up Saudi Arabia with regard to Israel. I brought up Saudi Arabia because there's a lot of talk of a, a three-way deal at the moment between the United States and Saudi Arabia, but also involving Israel. So the Saudis want a couple of things from the United States. They want advanced uh, weaponry. They want um, access to civilian nuclear uh, power, and they want some sort of a um, defense agreement with the United States. In return, uh, the Saudis, uh, of course, will in- increase the oil production, become closer to the United States, be in the American orbit, and in terms of Israel, if Israel does certain things in terms of the Palestinians, in terms of making their lives a little bit easier, Saudi Arabia will recognize Israel and then the state of war that exists between Israel and um, the Saudi Arabia. I mean, there is a lot of commercial um, commercial action that takes place between the two countries right now, but it's you know it's under the table, so to speak. Um, so that's the deal. There are a couple of real big sticking points. The biggest one of them is the fact that the Saudis um, don't only want nuclear power; they want the ability to enrich their own enrich their own uranium. Uh-huh. And that's where it gets a little bit uh, dicey. Because the minute you can enrich your own uranium for the purposes of a power plant, you can also enrich your own uranium for the purposes of a bomb. Right. And so therein it gets kind of dicey, and it's not at all clear what makes sense at this moment. I know um, the Israeli defense establishment is against the deal. A lot of people in the United States Congress, of course, considering Khashoggi and some of the other things in Saudi Arabia, um, don't really support this deal either. So it's not clear where it's going. Um, but it is being negotiated and being negotiated in good faith, it would seem. And we'll see where it takes us at this point. So, uh, and again, um, just the parties in negotiation are the United States and Saudi Arabia? The United States and Saudi Arabia are the main parties in negotiations. Israel is sort of on the side in the negotiations because part of the, you know, part of the incentive is ending the state of war with Saudi Arabia. Uh, but part of the requirements is for Israel to do certain things vis-a-vis the Palestinians. So, Israel is not is a player in the negotiations, but they're not involved directly in the negotiations. 
Got it. So, uh, and speaking of which, we're in that part of the world. How about in Iran and the uh, the uh, deal that apparently the, the Biden administration is trying to work out with Iran with regard to the exchange of six billion dollars in uh, right. So, so right. So, so that deal comes down to the following: the Iranians have been holding a bunch of American um, dual citizens. Let's put it that way in captivity for the last, some of them as many as six or seven years. Uh, the United States always makes attempts to get their prisoners home. In this case, the deal is not to give, it's not uh, giving the Iranians any direct money, but it's releasing Iranian money that was held in escrow in South Korea. And so uh, this was something that the South Koreans wanted, the United States wanted to get its citizens home. Uh, there's clearly a larger part of this deal is taking place very quietly. Is it good or bad? That's a hard question to, to answer without knowing the full extent of the deal and whether the Iranians are going to uh, keep their part of the bargain. Again, listen, if you're, if you're one of the family members of these people, obviously you think this is good. Yeah. Um, and this is always the problem, right? The problem with American hostages held, whether it's in Russia or anywhere else, what do you do? Do not negotiate and let them rot in prison forever, or do you find ways to get getting them home? And that's always a very, very difficult uh, trade-off. Let's put it that way. Um, and um, well, it doesn't pa- doesn't paying a bounty decision. doesn't paying a bounty doesn't paying a, a it doesn't that kind of lead to the whole opportunity to let's kidnap some American and uh, perhaps we can uh, get a deal to get uh, lots of money and uh, that's yeah you know at some levels that's true. But, you know, you're talking about things that take many, you know, these people have been held in captivity for many years. It's not like they, they, they capture them today and now they, want, like, you know, now they want money. I mean, my view is if rogue after actors uh, try to capture Americans, that's time for the SEALs to come in and take care of the problem. Yeah. It's a, it's a much bigger problem when big state actors do it and they don't want to go to war over it. So what do you do? Um, and again, it's a difficult moral choice, right? You let these people run in jail forever. Or do you make concessions that you might not necessarily want to make, but, you know, there's a price to everything. So, again, I'm glad I'm not the person that's to make that decision. Uh, good point. So, uh, Mark, let's move to uh, China. Just, uh, we're beginning to see some cracks in the armor here a little bit because of the reports. Very big cracks in the armor, actually. You had a situation where exports and imports were down in this uh, past quarter, which shows a complete slowing of the economy. The unemployment rate has grown. The unemployment rate amongst college-educated young people is now 20%. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about a, a serious problem. Now, it's a serious problem on multiple levels. One level, of course, you know, the regime made a deal, basically, with its people. You stay out of politics, and we'll make sure you're rich. Well, some version of it. It's not always rich, but, you know, you do well. You reach the middle class, the upper middle class, and all is well. Right. But if suddenly you can't give jobs when you finish college, um, that's that's becoming a, a bigger problem, let's put it that way. Uh, second of all, you know, we've had this discussion before, but I go back once again to the fact that, you know, we thought Japan was going to take over the world, right? So right. In the 80s, the 90s, they would take over the world. We were so afraid of the Japanese, etc. And, of course, it ended up being a bust. I mean, they ended up with some real estate in Rockefeller Center. You can do a lot with that. Um, the Chinese look like they're, they're on the same course. Uh, their economy is constricting. They believe, there's a sense that there may actually be deflation taking place in China. Yeah. And of course, the long-term trends are bad. Right. Their, their population is decreasing. So we have to worry about China because of Taiwan. 
And of course, you always have to worry about a country when it's reached its apex and it may be going downhill. It might decide now is the time to take action because in 10 or 20 years, we're not going to be in a position to do so. So right. on one level, we have to be very careful and we have to be very um, vigilant as to what the Chinese are doing. On the other hand, you know, I'm getting a little bit tired of these warning time, time, China's going to take over the world. Well, you know what, with a shrinking population and the economy that's contracting versus an American economy that's growing and thanks to immigration, a population that's growing, I don't think we have much to worry about in terms of China taking over the world. But, you know, I, that, that's just my, um, my view that um, we've over, we always like to have a, a villain. I think we've made the Chinese too big of a villain because I don't think they have the potential that we all thought they did. That's so Someone interesting. We thought Japan did, but we'll see. That's so interesting. Well, the other issue, of course, is the central planning. And uh, I shared a video with you that uh, showed the uh, overproduction of uh, uh, electric right. there's, another, there's another problem, by the way, that, that's taking place. You know, as we saw in the last um, year or so, or two years, when she began to crack down on the entrepreneurs, the head of uh, Alibaba, uh, and, uh, Alibaba and some of the other big private companies. Um, that's put a chill on the Chinese market and the willingness of entrepreneurs to take chances. And when you have that situation, uh, entrepreneurs are not willing to take chances, but if they do want to take chances, they do it outside of China. And, and that's also created a, a, a cooling effect. You know, China was doing really well economically when it was moving more and more and more to the free market economy. Right. But once the government starts getting involved and saying, oh, no, you're too big, and we're going to take over this company and take over that company, that puts a real halt to some of those things. And I think we've seen that happening in, happen in China, and it's having a bigger impact than we thought. You know, there are no com- countries at the top of the economic list other than China, who's just a size, um, that, that have really done well without uh, economic freedom. Well, forget about political freedom for the moment, which is a whole com- com- complex issue. But without economic freedom and an independent court system, very hard for a, a country to do really well economically. Right. So that's so interesting, Mark. Before I let you go, uh, any comments at all on the uh, heat wave that's being promoted around the world and uh, the whole notion that we're having? Uh, it's kind of uh, feeding into this whole climate change issue. Well, look, I mean, we got to look at two, two, two factors. One, it, it was the hottest July in history. That's period. That's just a fact. There's no way, there's no way of, uh, of changing that. We've also well, well, the, the, now the, 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 the Earth is like six billion years old. I don't know that we know oh, that. The, 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 the hottest July in, in our recorded history, let's put it that way. Okay. Okay. Forget uh, about the side of who's causing it. Let's, let's put that aside. Um, the, it's the hottest July in, in history. We're seeing changes we were not expecting taking place in Antarctica at the moment, things that could be very problematic. And uh, we might be entering a period where things happen much quicker than was, part, was, was expected. There have been phenomena that's taking place in this past year that people weren't expecting until 2030, 2035. Um, I'm one of those people who believe we need to be um, looking very seriously at climate mitigation and not so much the issue of, I mean, I'm not, you know, we probably stand on two, two sides of the issue of carbon and all those things, but I think it's too late for that. I fear that we, 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 20 years ago, we can't do now, and we need to find ways of, cool, we, may, we need to find ways, and be ready to find ways to cool the earth if things uh, start turning very rapidly in the wrong direction, which they could. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we need to keep that in mind. Things are very unpredictable. Um, 
you know, maybe things are just going to be the way they are, but so far it hasn't been looking that way. And I think we need to be ready for those, that potential. Again, doesn't mean it will happen, but, uh, you know, anyone who does any serious risk management prepares for the worst. Absolutely. Well, I will say on, on from from my point of view that uh, uh, it is actually not the warmest period in history, recorded history. I actually go back to the 30s and the Dust Bowl. There were warmer periods then. And also that, uh, you know, it's July. It's there hot. Was not a warmer, there was not a worldwide period that was warmer during the Dust Bowl. Particular parts of the United States had a drought and were warm, but the overall heat in the United, in the world, the average heat yeah. in the world, not to mention the ocean, was not warmer during the Dust Bowl. Well, I will I mean, say this: that to... I will say that that there is a dispute about uh, some of the facts on this because there are places that are very, very warm right now in July, but other places that were cooler in July. So, if you take a global look at this whole problem, my understanding is many scientists are saying this whole issue is overblown. Okay, well, like I said, we sometimes read different sources, but I, I think we need. Let me put it this way: if you're right, it's all good, right? Yeah. If I'm if my, if my concerns are right, it's all terrible. So if I'm trying to manage my risk, I would try. I'd prepare for the worst and hope for the best. So I would suggest that we need to make sure that we're prepared for uh, for uh, temperature changes and prepared for uh, hurricanes and all the things that can happen. We should need to be better prepared for that. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's all driven by climate change. Maybe not, but I think we need to be ready. You know, let's put it this way. If we determine at some point, and even your, some of the scientists who seem to follow come to the conclusion that the uh, weather has become too dangerous and things are happening, you know, the ice is melting too quickly in Antarctica or worse, yes, in Greenland, because the ice on, in Antarctica is not, on the shelf is not a problem, but the ice on top of Antarctica or in Greenland melts, the real problem. If those things are happening, they start happening quickly, we need to be ready to take action. Yeah. And ready to take action means investing in the research to know what, what that would look like. And I think that's a, a reasonable way of spending money to, to insu for insurance, let's put it that way, risk management. I can't strong believer in risk management. I can't disagree with that. Again, Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com, multimedia website, great for kids of all ages, HistoryCentral.com. Mark, I know that you made a special effort to be on the show today because of your other commitments, and I really appreciate your commentary here. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great week. You as well. Thank you so much. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Larry Reed. He is the President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. 
The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. 
Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. Right now we have with us Larry Reed. Larry is the President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. Larry, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. Tell us about the Foundation for Economic Education. Okay. We teach young people of high school and college age the principles of freedom, free enterprise, free markets, private property, and personal character. And we do that through our uh, very robust website, which is fee.org, F-E-E.org, and also through in-person events, uh, seminars on campuses and in schools around the country, sometimes abroad. And also, uh, by, by way of the website, we also have many videos and online courses as well. Yeah, great organization. I've attended national conferences. It's really invigorating, exciting, and inspiring to see young people celebrating freedom and celebrating personal responsibility. Uh, it's a great thing. Uh, fee.org, if you have a young person in your life, high school or college age, introduce them to the website, fee.org, F-E-E.org. Larry, you wrote a piece on the website, uh, The Roman Emperor Who Tried to Bring Monetary Reform to the Empire and Failed Miserably. Maybe you can tell us about it. Okay. His name was Aurelian, and he was a rather famous Roman emperor from the year 270 A.D. uh, to 275, so about five years. And um, this was long after the Roman Republic had died, and it was in the midst of the Roman Empire, which no longer had the liberties of the Republic, and it was, uh, in every name, uh, by every means, a a dictatorship. But uh, it had suffered for years through inflation by the government debasing the currency, and Aurelian came in as a reformer, promising to uh, end inflation and fix the costly welfare state. But in fact, he was the opposite of a reformer. He actually made things even worse. He, uh, the, one of the first things he did was, instead of cutting back on the welfare state, which took the form usually of the government giving subsidized or even free grain uh, to people, he decided to go a step further and have the government bake the grain into bread and give the bread uh, to the uh, recipients so they didn't even have to uh, grind the grain and bake it on their own. Well, that only increased the cost of the welfare state, plus he added free wine and salt and pork and olive oil. Uh, The public by this point was essentially bought and paid for, and they were largely uh, silent against tyranny so long as the handouts continued. And he also uh, accelerated the process of debasing the currency, the coin, by putting in junk metals, which only aggravated inflation. Yeah. I just can't help but think about the parallel between FDR and his campaign to cut back on expenses in the federal government. (laughs) What happened afterwards? That's right. In 1932, Franklin Roosevelt, running against uh, the incumbent Herbert Hoover, actually campaigned on a platform that called for a 25% reduction in federal expenditures. He was going to shore up uh, and defend the gold standard. He was going to uh, cut back government spending and taxing and so forth. And, uh, of course, did from the beginning almost precisely the opposite. Well, it didn't, uh, it didn't end well for the Roman emperor. emperor. No, it didn't. Uh, and this was 
not uncommon in these days. The Praetorian Guard, which was the security elite uh, around the emperor, uh, they frequently would get fed up with an emperor and, and kill him. And that's what they did to Aurelian in the year 275. And they did it not because they had somebody better in mind, <laughs> but uh, usually it was because they had somebody in mind who would cater to them, who would give them more at other people's expense. Boy, again, just drawing a parallel between that and what's happening today. And in, in a way, because of uh, the free money and all the things that have happened with regard to this administration, we're seeing rabid inflation and uh, some of the same effects that have happened uh, back in, in, in the day. Yeah, absolutely. History has a way of repeating itself. And that's because uh, people quite often don't learn the lessons of history, so they repeat the bad policies. And if you do that, you can't expect uh, the bad policies to suddenly produce better or different results. It's so true, Larry. So, uh, again, and how often does this happen through history that we've seen this kind of a behavior on the part of leaders? So again, it was bread and circuses back in the day, looking for free stuff, and uh, the people abided by actually encouraged it, didn't they? I mean, they actually wanted this to happen. Yeah, that's ex exactly right. And. Uh, it's a good question to ask because uh, the answer is over and over and over again. Uh, societies have done this. I'm doing research now on uh, coinage in ancient Egypt and finding that the same thing under the Ptolemy uh, uh, rulers of ancient Egypt, which included the famous Cleopatra, they did the same thing. They called in the coins of the realm, uh, melted them down, mixed in cheaper junk metals, and uh, uh, devalued the money and, and produced a rampant inflation for the same reasons, yeah. government spending. Yeah. Larry Reed, again, President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. Again, I encourage you to visit fee.org, F-E-E.org. Larry, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Jim McTagg, that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratospel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Golf Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. 
Golfshore Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities with dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region. Gulf Shore Playhouse is building a 44,000-square-foot state-of-the-art theater and education center on three acres at the corner of 1st Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, the state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about this season's exciting productions... Visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I want to remind you that Lulabee's Diner, great breakfast and lunch, is now serving dinner. Uh, 4 to 8 p.m. Wednesday through Saturday in the Green Tree Shopping Center at Lulabee's Diner. Had the grouper the other night. It is unbelievable. It's just such great value. I hope you check out, for if you'd like an, a casual experience for dining and uh, no reservation, just go in and enjoy the wonderful food and uh, very casual and great menu. Again, Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. Well, Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer on Friday uh, night pointedly dismissed the appointment of special counsel in the in the Hunter Biden criminal probe as another maneuver <clears throat> to obstruct Congress and vow to escalate his investigation by subpoenaing Hunter and Joe Biden's phone and bank records, offering witnesses immunity. Well, that'll, <clears throat> that'll be a big deal. We're getting closer every day to showing that Joe Biden was the ringleader in this, not Hunter Biden. Comer said in an exclusive interview with the Just the News, No Noise television show. Uh, <clears throat> Attorney General Merrick Garland shocked Washington by announcing that he was upgrading Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss to special counsel over four years of investigating the Biden family finances. Comer dismissed Garland's dis- decision as ineffective, noting uh, Weiss had years to bring serious charges and instead managed to construct a plea deal that spared Hunter Biden prison for tax evasion and gun charges that even the trial judge could not accept. It's another maneuver by the Justice Department to obstruct our investigation. I find it odd that the day after I announced that we had put together a case that would win in court to subpoena Joe Biden's personal bank records, then lo and behold, Merrick Garland strikes again, Comer said. I assumed he would try to indict Trump or something, but no. He appoints a special counsel and he appoints the same person who has supposedly been investigating Hunter Biden for years, who led the statute of limitations expired, all of his obvious tax crimes, who tried to negotiate a sweetheart deal plea, uh, deal that led him off uh, scot-free. And less than two weeks later, after a judge rejects the sweetheart plea deal, Merrick Garland appoints a special counsel for the sole purpose to obstruct our credible effective oversight house investigation of Biden corruption. Comer said he now has prepared to subpoena the credit card and bank records of the president and his son, as well as their phone records, to check witness allegations that Joe Biden got financial benefit from Hunter Biden's clients and talked and met with them at various times. Couldn't be more pleased to hear that. And, uh, I hope you can continue to dig in and, uh, and get, uh, it would be great if actually Joe Biden showed up in Congress. It's not probably not going to happen, but it'd be great if he had to testify uh, for everything that's happened up to this point. Okay, coming up, Jim uh, McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay 
Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round, Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. Uh, they help prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in the legislature. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. He's also now retired and writing mystery, murder mystery novels, and they are terrific. The first was uh, Father the Leader, its sequel, Shake the Money Tree, and its sequel and his latest, No Problem. No Problem is the name of the book, but Jim McTagg, again, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Hey, it's a pleasure, Bob. Hey, I understand that you've got some news for us about what's happening with regard to COVID. Yeah, um, if you plan to die between now and September 30th, 2025, uh, be certain to die of COVID <laughs> or to get your funeral director to claim that you died from COVID because then the federal government through FEMA will give you up to $9,000 for funeral expenses. And that's like it comes, to, and I think there's a 35000 per family. It's, it's one of the great boondoggles. Um, I have a, I have an aunt. Her husband, who had a, a form of uh, cancer with a very low resistance to yeah. disease, c- contracted COVID uh, over a year ago, and the funeral expenses were prepaid. A few months ago, she got a phone call from FEMA proactively 
and they said, hey, do you know, uh, we'll, we'll pay your funeral expenses. And she, and she ended up, they deposited $6,000 in her banking account. Uh, wow. FEMA so far has, as of August, has spent $3 billion on 488,000 funerals. And 980,000 people at least have died from COVID. So, so there's more to be paid out. Uh, but, but they want to just shove this money out the door. Um, I assume it's because it's an election year, but, but, but it's just preposterous because it's not needs based. I mean, you can be a billionaire and get your funeral expenses wow. uh, reimbursed. And, and so it's interesting how this happened. So it's curious uh, to me, Jim. I mean, it, uh, why are they still trying to feed this uh, COVID narrative? I mean, the reason for that in the first place, I believe, was to simply inflate the numbers of COVID and make this uh, pandemic worse than it really was. So, you know, you have people that died of heart attacks, motorcycle accidents, whatever it might be, end up on the death certificate. It's uh, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's just a sham. But why are they promoting it now? And I guess it might be I'm beginning to see in the news that there's a new strain of COVID that's coming out, and we're seeing a big increase in the number of people who are who are getting the disease. Yeah, I, I think it's simply because it's an election year. <laughs> that, that's and plus it's the old um, you know FEMA was appropriated this money, so it's uh, use it or lose it. So it is. For me, to me, it's like a Biden program. Here's how it happened. When Trump was president, Congress passed these uh, two emergency spending bills, you know, that totaled about $4.2 trillion for COVID relief. And there was a provision in there. FEMA always pays for funerals in hurricanes and natural disasters. I didn't realize this. I didn't either. So, huh? so there was a provision in there for COVID. So, so... If you recall, President Trump signed the bills reluctantly. You know, he, there was bipartisan pressure on him in Congress to to spend this money. And he, he said, I'm going to send you back a copy of this bill with red lines of money I want clawed back. And he wanted the funeral money clawed back. So when he was president, he refused to release any of the funds from FEMA for funeral. And the, and the Democrats were apoplectic. So, so then when Biden became president, hmm. uh, New York Representative uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, introduced a bill to have FEMA pay, the, pay for funerals. And uh, the Democrats in Congress passed it. And and so since June 28th of 2021, there's been a funeral aid, um, and if but President Biden declared an end to the COVID emergency at the end of May. Yeah. Uh, but but FEMA decided, well, we're going to continue to spend for funerals until September 30th, 20. 25. Such so, a scam. Yeah. Such a scam. Well, you know, I've had on my mind has been the whole notion. We've, we're beginning to see the promotion of this whole uh, heat index and the uh, hottest period in history and blah, blah, blah. You, you, well, so I, I, I'm looking now to see that Joe Biden is to declare a climate change emergency. 
that's going to have all kinds of strings and whistles to kind of cramp our freedoms and to encourage our behavior to buy electric cars and that kind of thing. I see that coming. And I see this is just in the strain and in the same uh, uh, th- theory or the same uh, as as uh, COVID uh, and what happened during that uh, pandemic. Yeah, I also see it as a, a bribe to uh, to buy votes. California gets the most uh, COVID funeral money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas is second, but I mean New York and Pennsylvania are way uh, high up there. Huh. So, you know, states uh, that are crucial in a presidential election are getting mm-hmm. most of this uh, money. And uh, again, uh, my aunt got a call out of the blue saying, "Hey." You know, we have thousands of dollars for you from the federal government. Uh, it sounds to me like FEMA is almost campaigning. You know, they're they're within the law. Uh, the phone calls are illegal, but, you know, isn't it coincidental that a federal bureaucracy should be um, so outstanding in, in terms of uh, customer service uh, during election season. And yet, for people here in the Paradise Coast, Ian came through here and uh, just devastated the area in so many different ways. And yet, we've yet to hear that that's been declared an emergency and so that we can declare losses on our taxes here on the Paradise Coast. So, uh, things are so... Well, that's because the Paradise Coast is an ATM machine for the Republican Party, just the way <laughs> Hollywood is for the Democratic Party. Uh, so, so I'm sure I'm sure if Hollywood got hit by a hurricane, they'd get uh, all kinds of aids. Uh, and Paradise Coast, too bad. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Jim McTague, again, former Barron's uh, Washington Bureau Chief. Check out his books, his murder mysteries. They are terrific. His latest, no problem. Jim, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got some great guests for tomorrow's show as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harton Show on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>